This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. And I appreciate you joining us for a little Thursday conversation here from Airline Drive and uh, Studio B at the headquarters of the Saints and Pelicans. We've got two great guests for you lined up. And uh, so, therefore, I don't want to waste too much time here in our opening uh, salvo, if you will. But tough loss for the Pelicans last night. And it's this thing this week where we can't figure out what Pelicans team is uh, is currently in play because, of course, you had last Friday's loss to Brooklyn, the exhilarating win on Monday without Anthony Davis over the Cavaliers, and then last night, look, you lost to a really good team. But it was just the way that the game went and another, um, another ball game where Anthony Davis left uh, with some kind of an injury. And this is a re-aggravation of that thigh bruise, but – you know, I, I, I was kind of stunned when I learned last night after the game that he has missed time or a game entirely due to injury in seven of the last eight. And so, therefore, um, this now kind of turns into a bigger conversation. Nonetheless, the Pelicans fell behind by 22 last night, pulled all the way back within five but couldn't finish. Russell Westbrook had his 23rd triple-double of the season last night. He passed Larry Bird uh, for fifth all-time career triple-doubles uh, he put on an amazing performance, and uh, their bigs were a big difference in the ball game. Oklahoma City goes home now, uh, having gone three and three on their season-long six-game road trip, and the Pelicans have two more games left on this homestand with a chance still to have a winning homestand. But up and down and up and down. And uh, Daniel Sowerson's with me in Studio B. Is that now losses in three of their last four at home? I think is is the case here for the Pelicans, um, and so. Yeah, I think that's correct. And and so, therefore, you've got to figure out what's going on before Friday night and the uh, San Antonio Spurs get here. Nonetheless, otherwise, on the NBA front, the All-Star Reserves will be announced later today. And uh, we'll, that, uh, of course, uh, is a direct uh, story for us with the All-Star game being here next month. We're pleased to welcome in Mark Stein from ESPN and ESPN.com to talk about the All-Star Reserves, what he thinks might happen tonight and a few other storylines story around the NBA. He's, a, he's one of our favorites, and he's with us here in our next segment. And then we'll uh, take you to Mobile, where Christian Garrick of WWL AM and FM Radio and the Saints Radio Network has been uh, entrenched in, in, uh, in all things Senior Bowl. And we'll get his thoughts on the goings-on there this week and what's happening with the Saints over in Mobile. He'll join us for our football conversation today. So good stuff. Hope you're uh, ready to go for a good Thursday. And uh, we'll take a timeout and get to Mark Stein post-haste. You're at a dinner party. You're seated next to a loudmouth. Plus, there's no bread. Why is there no bread? Myrtle the family chow chow seems very interested in you. But you're allergic to Myrtle and you left your inhaler at home. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans facing off against the San Antonio Spurs Friday, January 27th. Do Friday night right with friends and family at the Smoothie King Center. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. 
try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. For NBA fans, Mark Stein is a must-follow on Twitter, a must-read at ESPN.com, and certainly most entertaining when we find him over the air as ESPN continues its NBA coverage as well. We're pleased to welcome him back to the Black and Blue Report. Mark, good morning. It's always good to talk to you, my friend. How you doing, Mr. Kelly? I'm doing well. Uh, the Pelicans, not so much. We can talk about that in a little bit, but... Here on this Thursday, it's time for All-Star Reserves, and I know you've been uh, watching that. You've written about it this week, and I'm curious as to what you think will unfold tonight as we round out the uh, two teams that will play against each other here in New Orleans next month. Well, I think the thing a lot of people want to see, you know, will will Joel Embiid get a spot? I, I tend to think he won't just because the way coaches, you know, there, there's kind of this unwritten rule in the NBA that, Rookies have to wait their turn. Even LeBron James didn't get to go to the All-Star game as a rookie. I really think he deserves it, though. I know you can talk about the minutes restrictions, and when you crunch the numbers and do the math, he's actually played a little less than 40% of his team's minutes, which is just astounding. And then you know, this week they actually win a couple games without him. But... I, I I think he's been one of the 12 most impactful players in the East. The numbers that he has put up in the in the time he's been on the court are are pretty remarkable. I just think he, you know, to me the last kind of East court slot will probably come down to to, to someone like him and Paul Millsap. Now, will the coaches go for a youngster over a Paul Millsap? It's hard for me to picture that, but. I kind of got my fingers crossed. I mean, look, it's it's not the end of the world. He's a young kid. If he has to wait, you know, okay, you know, so be it. But I, I, I really think he deserves it. I think Philly's been an amazing story here in in the last month, six weeks. So I'm I'm just kind of hoping that he gets in there. Yeah, and I think Mark, you and I both know the coaches well enough to say that their mindset might be, hey, I'm willing to go with Mark Stein here on Joel Embiid but whose spot would he be taking? And so if you look at it from that angle, whose spot would he take? I know you mentioned Millsap, but is there anybody else that might get left out that the coaches would see as, uh, quote-unquote, more deserving than the rookie? Well, the East front court reserves to me, I think Love and Paul George are in. They, you know, It's amazing that Kevin Love won a championship in Cleveland before he got to the All-Star game in Cleveland. He still hasn't been an All-Star since he's come to the Cavs. I can't believe the coaches are going to leave him off three years in a row. Indiana's had an up-and-down season, and if you really dig into the Paul George numbers, there's actually been some slippage on defense, but you know Paul George is one of the best two-way players in the league. I can't see the coaches leaving him off. So to me, now we're, you're talking Millsap, I, you know, I think you could make a case that you know Dwight Howard should be considered. Hassan Whiteside has never been an All Star. You know, he's another big man with with some big numbers. But I just uh, the if you this if you really study the impact Embiid has had on the Sixers. Now they won, they beat Milwaukee without him just last night, and that was a great win. Uh, but he's been so 
central to all the success that that team's had. They started four and eighteen, and at the start, all I know is when the week started, they they had the scoring margin of a fifty-five win team when Embiid was on the floor, and the scoring margin of an eleven win team when he was off the floor, and that that that's just an astounding difference. And he also at the rim when the, you know as of Monday morning at the rim, he was the only player in the league holding opponents to less than 40% shooting in encounters at the rim. And, and so those are just, yes, you could say, well, he's played fewer minutes. Okay. I mean, the guy's lost two, two full seasons to injury. I mean, he's been through a lot. And, and then the other thing is the fans would love to see him. I mean, that's who, you know, that's who the fans would want to. I just think there are a lot of, he checks a lot of boxes, but again, it, it will surprise me 0%. If the coaches say, sorry, young man, you got to wait your turn. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I also see your side of it, and that's that's what makes this conversation great. Uh, is the conversation surrounding the, the Eastern Conference backcourt just as complicated, or is it more clear-cut? Oh, no. I mean, I, that's, that's a mess, too. I mean, there, there are so many guys. Uh, you know, the, the harder part was choosing the starters, and obviously now there are three factions that decide that, but – you know, you got Lowry, Isaiah Thomas, John Wall, Kemba Walker. I think they will all get in, but two of those guys would have to go in as wild cards. So there's a chance that someone gets snubbed. You know, Kemba Walker's a guy who's never been to the All-Star game. So, I mean, I, I don't think he's automatically in. He probably is going to have some, some nervous moments today waiting to see. I, I visited with him about a month ago when the when the Hornets were in Dallas and I know it would mean a lot to him to kind of get that all-star breakthrough so it's 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 certainly not clear cut I mean look 12 man rosters we can expand this to 15 there's always going to be an argument there's always going to be someone left off there's always going to be someone unhappy no doubt by the way on the western conference side is Russell Westbrook the easiest all-star reserve selection ever I mean if that's not on every ballot I'll be shocked yeah, I mean that, and it's nice to have an easy one because you know the West. There's going to be some some unhappy people in the West. I mean, there's certainly going to be somebody left off. You know, Utah has two candidates in Gobert and Hayward. Memphis has two candidates in Gasol and Mike Conley. I don't think there's a way to get all four of those guys on the team. On, on my ballot, I I excluded Gasol, which seemed to upset a lot of people in Memphis, but to me, Conley's been their best player this season. And then you say, you know, shouldn't San Antonio have more than one all-star? I mean, at this point, no one's really talking about anybody else, but Kawhi Leonard is an all-star in San Antonio as well as they've played. Shouldn't they have more than one? And, you know, then there's the age-old question, do the Warriors deserve four? I think they do, but not everybody will see it that way. So there, there's going to be some... There will be there will be snubs in each conference. There there always are and there always will be. Yeah, no doubt. Mark Stein with us here from ESPN. Mark, you know, it, I I love the power rankings. You know, they come out and I and I look forward to them every week. I can't help but think though, right now there seems to be this chasm right now between the teams at the top of the power rankings and those near the bottom. Are you seeing that? Am I overblowing this a little bit? The way I would describe it is you 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 know we've had. Generally, there, there's been a, a pretty set top six or seven. And even last week, that was, I mean, this week, that was a little bit messed up because Toronto had such a bad week last week. But, you know, there's generally been 
the top six or seven that you just can count on. And then from eight really to into the twenties, it's very volatile. And the Pelicans are one of those teams that, you know, they, they can win two, three games and move up into the teens and then lose three games and, and drop down. But yeah, it's outside of the top. I mean, it's, it, it's a very weird year. I don't remember in my time covering the league where I felt like the fourth seed in both conferences is so wide open. There's just no, you know, even in the West, we were expecting the Spurs and the Clippers to be closer to Golden State's level, but the Clippers, because of all their injury problems, they haven't been able to sustain it. Houston has kind of moved into that spot, but, you know, in the West, it's Warriors, Rockets, Spurs. In the East, it's Cavs, Raptors, Generally, the Celtics, although Atlanta has kind of been able to hang in there, but then it's just question marks beyond beyond those teams in both conferences. And that's, I mean, I, I you know, I just remember year after year after year in the West where you, you had to almost win 50 games to get in the playoffs, and you at least had six or seven 50-win teams. And there's just a lot of a lot of mediocrity out there right now. And then obviously in the West, there's the quote race for number eight, which is just so unusual to see so many sub 500 teams that still have playoff hope. Yeah. And the Pelicans are right there, whether it be mediocrity or below that, but still in the conversation, can you Mark, can you handicap at all at this point, what that race quote unquote race for eight looks like as as you've got Denver and Sacramento, Portland and new Orleans kind of in that mix. Well, I, you know, it's hard because I was convinced, just just to give you an example of how crazy it is, you know, Sacramento went 1-6 on a seven-game homestand that was just crucial for them. 1-6 on a seven-game homestand. And they lost Rudy Gay on that homestand. And I thought, they're finished. And then they started this. Then they, Now they're on an eight-game road trip. They started it with a couple losses. And I thought, okay, now, I mean, they are just done. And then this week, what happens? You know, they've been able to scratch out a couple wins, go to Cleveland and win. So it's still very unpredictable. And and I know you said you wanted to ask me about the Pelicans. Don't I, I need to be asking you about the Pelicans? How how they can give up 143 to Brooklyn and then beat the Cavs without AD? You know, I you know I was there for neither and won't even begin to try to explain it. So. Uh, you know, Denver has surprised a lot of people. I mean, they've they've hung in there okay. I, you know, when you look at those teams, I think everyone assumes that Portland's just going to eventually figure it out and and get the eighth spot. But you know, they're 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 really inconsistent, and their defensive problems don't appear to be solved anytime soon. So, I think all these teams are still alive. Yeah, and even even Dallas thinks they're still in it. Well, uh, and I don't know why they wouldn't think that based on what you just described because it's so – and look, Mark, if it makes you feel any better, I was at both of those games you're referring to with the Pelicans, and I can't figure it out either. So <laughs> don't feel yeah, bad that, that, that you That's about there. as weird – that's about as weird you'll see two results within a short span of time as, as, as probably we'll get all season. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, two more things here for you, Mark. One more thing in reference to basically the power rankings. You know, Utah is all of a sudden sitting there up in your top 10, 26 and 19. Is Quinn Snyder right now the, the, the front runner for coach of the year? Or or am I just, since I haven't seen them in person yet, am I out of touch? He's in the mix, but I would say D'Antoni probably has the strongest case because the Rockets are just so much better than expected. 
and D'Antoni and his system have had such a direct impact on the best season of James Harden's life. You know, something that I'm sure is is got to be frustrating to to Pelicans fans. Look at look at Eric Gordon. I mean, in New Orleans, he couldn't stay healthy, and now he gets in Mike D'Antoni's system, and he's healthy, and he's just you know, the Pelicans never saw this Eric Gordon. I mean, you know, this guy he's a he's a borderline All Star and probably the Sixth Man of the Year right now. So D'Antoni's had such an impact on the team and individuals in Houston that I think he is the front runner, but um, Utah people probably aren't too happy with me this week. Cause I bumped them all the way up to number five Monday and <laughs> they've since lost their last two games. So I think, uh, I think I put the power rankings curse on them. Oh, and the power of the rankings. I love it. Um, hey, last thing, and this is uh, somewhat complicated, I guess, Mark, help me understand. And of course, Cleveland was just here on Monday and the first LeBron James rant came, you know, in the hallway down from me here in New Orleans. But what's going on with the Cavaliers? Is LeBron James right in what he's saying? Is this, you know, because no owner spends like Dan Gilbert. And then, and now you roll in this Carmelo Anthony drama and then the Knicks story as well. It's great. It's great, juicy stuff for guys like you and me that cover this league and, and love all the, the conversation. But man, this, this, this seems. I don't know whether to make it out as kind of just false noise at this point or something very real that's going to unfold even further. I would say he's right and he's wrong, if that's possible. I mean, LeBron James was promised when he went there that basically he would get anything he wants and whatever, you know, you know, whatever is needed would be done and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that my basketball IQ exceeds his. And he's right. Look, they they, they are short a playmaker and a big. They lost Delavadova and Mozgov, and those guys haven't been replaced. And so they, they do have holes. Now, the wrong part, which I think David Griffin, the GM, addressed Wednesday when he spoke to the media, like should LeBron be saying these things publicly over and over and over again because – it does cause issues behind the scenes that, that make everybody's job tougher. But then I think LeBron could also rightly say, I think LeBron believes that when there is chaos around the Cavs that they tend to do better, that for some reason chaos tends to inspire them more or sharpen their focus more or that it's a team that just does better when things are just going great. It doesn't work. That's, I think that's LeBron's contention. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot going on here and it is, I mean, like you said, it's great for us because it injects drama in January when we weren't expecting it. I think they're going to get it all figured out. I think eventually the Cavs will find an extra point guard and an extra big man and it'll all kind of, fade away eventually but look Carmelo Anthony I don't think he's the answer you you don't trade Kevin Love who's played a complimentary role and knows what you're asking of him is comfortable in the complimentary complimentary role you don't completely change your 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 team and bring in Carmelo which is really a that's a big change to and would require an adjustment period on the fly 
ESPN's senior NBA correspondent, Mark Stein, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Great stuff. Don't forget the power rankings at the start of each week. And, of course, he's uh, riding all throughout the week wherever his travels may take him. And you can uh, kind of compare what he wrote earlier this week about All-Star Reserves as to what will be announced later tonight. We'll at least know the rosters by then, for the most part, uh, for next month's All-Star game here in New Orleans. We'll take a timeout. We'll be right back. We'll talk some football with Christian Garrick in just a moment. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes cancer patients come who were told they were out of options, but Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Hey, New Orleans! The world's biggest party just got even bigger because NBA All-Star 2017 is coming to the Big Easy. You know about the big game on Sunday, but there's a whole weekend of fun. Starting Friday night, come check out the BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge and the Celebrity Game. Then the D-League All-Star Game on Saturday. Even watch the best athletes in the world get ready at All-Star practice. Tickets start at just $10. Don't miss out. Visit NBATickets.com now. It's family night. You take the wife and kids to a new hibachi restaurant. The flames go up. Your wife's eyebrows get singed off. And Junior leaves with a black eye, thanks to a projectile shrimp. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans facing off against the Washington Wizards Sunday, January 29th. The first 8,000 fans get a free King Cake Baby bobblehead. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Our next guest is the sideline reporter, of course, on the Saints Radio Network, co-host of Double Coverage on WWL, AM, and FM, and a good friend of our show here, our little podcast that we do. He's Christian Garrick. Welcome back, Christian. It's good to have you. Same here. Yeah, good to be with you, Sean. And, uh, man, I'm I'm uh, up here in Mobile uh, looking at the Senior Bowl uh, all week long, and, um, you know, it's this is always a fascinating event for me. Uh, I, I've done it for I think this is my sixth time. I've covered this this game and or this week I should say, and um, it's you know the who's who of, of pro football is here, uh, even in the Canadian Football League, and um, you see just about everybody you see on Sundays uh, all kind of crammed into one week, and uh, a lot of information. And of course, the players on the field, and you get to see uh, them up close and personal, and kind of get to know them in a little bit more intimate setting because. Of the way it's structured, you can really get access that I don't think you get normally during the season or any any other NFL event for that matter. I've never been. Is it is it buttoned up or is it is it more like a Pro Bowl atmosphere where everything's kind of relaxed? Uh, it's very relaxed, to be honest with you. You know, like um, for example, after practice, you know, um, you can go right on the field and talk to these players right after practice. You just grab them, and um, it's, it's interesting because you get to see how teams operate too, because they're going to have their own. 
uh, scouts, you know, asking them questions as well right there in front of you, you know, getting to know them a little bit. Um, those are the informal meetings, uh, just questionnaires really that they're, they're trying to find out a little bit more about the player, get a little background on them, but you get to see that part of it. So that's kind of neat. Uh, and along with, you know, look at Lad People Stadium, you know, you're right there watching practice and, you know, you look on one side and there's, um, you know, agents, all the big name agents on, on one side, and then you've got the, all the executives from around the league and the scouts and the coaches from around the league on the other side, and you're kind of like in the middle, and you're 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 looking to your right and your left, and you're going, whoa, there's Tom Condon, hey, there's Mickey Loomis, there's uh, John Elway. You know, it's it's kind of a trip. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, this is really silly, uh, but I love the fact that they wear their school's helmets, and, and to see all those helmets and those logos all in the same field. Look again, silly, but I think it's cool. No, I don't think that's. I think that that's one of the things that um, you know the, the players. I think take great pride in, and it's still you still see the rivalries. I mean, just for example, uh, in the South practice, you know, uh, Trey White was on OJ Howard, the tight end from Alabama, in practice, and you know that LSU Alabama rivalry. That you go, man, once again, here they are showcasing in, a, in, a, in an All Star practice, and and they're 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 getting after each other like they like they were playing in in Tiger Stadium or Tuscaloosa. So. Uh, it's kind of neat to watch those, and uh, there's still a lot of school pride here. And, and look, it's not just the big schools that are represented. I mean, you know, they, they've got a kid here uh, out of Lamar, uh, which is not known necessarily for football, but uh, he's showcasing his talent. There's been a lot of – if you think about it, Sean, I was talking about this the other day. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you go back and look at who played in this game just a year ago. Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, those two players. David Johnson a few years ago, the running back for the Arizona Cardinals, played in this game. Russell Wilson, a few years ago, played in this game. And they've had some major stars come out of this game. Look, the Saints have had a lot of, uh, a lot of luck in the last couple of years in terms of getting talent out of this game. Sheldon Rankins, a year ago, was, was here. He didn't play in the game. He had, he had a really good couple of days and just said, nah, look, I think I'm going to have a little bit of a calf injury and, uh, and sit this one out. Um, but Nonetheless, he played uh, last week or uh, last year in this in this uh, in this practice. I mean, the year before, Holy Kikaha, I think, is really where the Saints started to, to to drum up interest on on the Washington linebacker. So they, you know, there's been some talent that has come out of this game across the league, and certainly in the black and gold uniform. So who's headlining this year? What are the names that we'll be talking about from this year's Senior Bowl here down the road? You know, as far as in a Saints uniform, that's always hard to predict. But I I know this that. Uh, ben Bolware is a player that uh, people are raving about, the Clemson linebacker. And, and then people are going to say, well, he's undersized. He's only six foot. But if you watch him, he's always around the football. Like he, It doesn't matter. The size really just doesn't impact him. He has great instincts. Uh, I, I know that uh, several personnel evaluators uh, feel like he's got off-the-charts um, football instincts. And that's something that you know. Uh, the Saints covet uh, somebody that's going to be necessarily. They don't really care about size. They've shown that before. They don't care about uh, all, the, all the measurables. I mean, certainly it, it, it helps, but they really break down football players. Can the guy get get around the ball? Can he make plays? And I watched him. There's no false steps in his game as a linebacker. I mean, he's always taking the right step, and he's always around the football, and he and, and he knows where the football is going to be. He's still out here calling out plays from his from from his counterparts in practice, um, you know, lining up his teammates. He's got great leadership, and uh, I think Ben Bolware is very much on the Saints' radar, along with, you know, I think it's interesting that uh, the Saints met early on, and one of the first players they met with was Duke Riley. I talked to him yesterday, and, and that's the linebacker from LSU, and that's another player that you talk about, 
is no longer a secret. I mean, he played behind Quan Alexander and, and Deion Jones at LSU and has made a name for himself here in the last couple of weeks, and in particular this week at the Senior Bowl. And, you know, you, you can't read, Sean, you know this, you can't read too much into these meetings, you know, at, at events like this because they that's their job. They meet with all these players. They have to. They have to get as much background on them as they possibly can. And then in the combine, they kind of uh, cross-check it and, and make sure that they that they have all their, uh, their I's dotted and their T's crossed. But, uh, I, I think it's interesting that they met with him so early on. One of the first uh, players they met with were, were, was Duke Riley, and uh, that's a pl- another player to keep an eye on. I also wouldn't be surprised. I, re- I tweeted about this earlier this week. I know the Saints have Kobe Fleener. That was a big free agent signing for them. They got Josh Hill. They got Michael Holman, now Anui, uh, at the tight end position. But uh, I just wouldn't be surprised at some point uh, if they look really hard at, um, at, at drafting a guy like Evan Ingram out of Ole Miss or O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard, I think, is going to be – a little too high for them, but I think Evan Ingram's a possibility uh, maybe in the second or third round. All right, fair enough. Uh, again, I think that you, you and I both know that they've used this week heavily in their in their preparation, their background. I mean, how many times have we heard Sean Payton or Mickey Loomis say, you know, we, we started that visit with him in Mobile, and, and, and so that seems to play out and continue to be uh, the, the, uh, the, the standard operating procedure. Christian, cut through some of the clutter for me, will you, re- with regard to the Saints, because – you know, Mickey Loomis spoke this week. Uh, apparently, Terry Fontenot has also uh, had some things to say. And, and, of course, you've got a head coach trying to uh, refill or restock his coaching staff uh, and whatnot. So t- cut through the clutter, if you don't mind, and, and say and say what you think is most important about this week with regard to Saints news or what, what will matter when everybody wraps up and heads back to New Orleans. I think what will matter – honestly, is if we get some sort of indication as to what the staff is going to look like. Um, look, there are ways away from any, coming to any kind of conclusions on these players. There's so many different things that have to go on. I mean, between the senior bowl game itself and then the private workouts, the pro days, the combine, and then uh, some more workouts. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a lot to try to read through right now as to you know, how the Saints might be thinking about a player because it, they're so early in the process and there's so many things. These are not, you know, the underclassmen aren't even involved yet in terms of some of these meetings and uh, workouts, et cetera. But uh, I think it's really going to be about, in the next few days, what this staff starts to look like. And, of course, there was a report that former 49ers head coach Mike Nolan interviewed with the Saints, and he was spotted yesterday um, sitting with, uh, the, the Saints staff. I don't know if there's been an official announcement. I, well, I know there hasn't been an official announcement from the team yet as to if he's hired or if he's still going through the interview process or uh, how how close they are, how serious they are about bringing Mike Nolan aboard. Um, that was reported by the Advocate yesterday, and then um, you know, I, I, I think that Sean Payton is um, still kind of in the process of, of, of uh, you know carving out a few of the, the coaches that he wants. Uh, in certain positions, vacated by the firing of Joe Vitt and and Bill Johnson, along with special teams coach Greg McMahon, and you know that was one of the things that I found uh, fascinating this week um, from Mickey Loomis is, is really in his press conferences, really you know how tough of a, of a decision that was to let those three guys go in particular because you know, they were they were close to the staff and had been a part of the staff for quite some time. But mm-hmm. um, you know, as Bill Johnson said this week, I think he said it best: everybody has a shelf life, and you eventually move on. Do you find that the offseason is more fascinating to cover, Christian, when a team has to figure out how they're going to put together a roster with no room under the salary cap or, as the case may be this time around, with significant room under the salary cap? Uh, with significant room, just because, uh, well, I don't know, it's both. They, they've been fairly creative the last couple of years, but 
I know when I asked Mickey Loomis this week about the prospect of having $35 million of salary cap space, I mean, he was grinning from ear to ear, you know. Um, so that tells you a little something. And in particular, if you study the history of, of Mickey Loomis and the Saints when they've had some money, is that they're aggressive. And they, and they make no bones about saying that and pointing out that they're, they're aggressive in free agency. And, and that's kind of been their M.O., and, and I think that that's fine. However, while they got $35 million uh, roughly in, in the cap or to spend, there's 20 teams that have more cap space than they do. So they're not sitting kind of in a, in a league company where there are a handful of teams that, that are going to be in a, in a bidding war for, for services of a certain player that, that might be high-end. Uh, they're going to have, you know, uh, quite a few teams that, that, that can throw out a little bit more um, a little bit more cash than, than they can. So they're, they're going to have to be smart about it. But I, I fully expect them to be uh, pretty major players, in particular along the offensive line at guard. That's that, There seems to be a big supply or a big demand for uh, supply in that in that part uh, along the offensive line around the league, really. And in particular in the NFC South, you look at the Panthers, they need help along the offensive line. I think the Saints um, – are going to end up signing a guard in free agency and probably drafting one or perhaps two at some point in April. We're just getting started, aren't we, my friend? Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is just a – we're just scratching the surface, and there's going to be plenty more to come uh, with this. I, I can't wait to see this offseason because here's the thing, Sean. This is vitally important for this for this franchise. This is the, the – the rebuild is – and they've never really acknowledged a rebuild. They don't like that word, but if you look at it, the rebuild is pretty much done. Now they have to now they have to add the pieces to get you over pieces, mm-hmm. and um, I think they're poised to do that. And I know that internally, I, they're 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 excited about what this team could be. Terry Fontenot said it as much yesterday, but also you can just tell by the way they're operating that you know they feel really good about where they're at, how close they are, and they know that you know a piece or two here or there, and uh, they're back in contention and and perhaps you know making a playoff run. Yeah, it's going to be a great watch. I agree with you on that. And uh, as we just said, we're just getting started. Although. Um, your start involves an entire week in Mobile. I hope it goes well. And, uh, Christian, as always, we appreciate it. It was great stuff today. All right. Thanks, man. You got it. Christian Garrick at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. And, of course, uh, one of ours on the Saints Radio Network and uh, a centerpiece of that Saints coverage on WWL AM and FM. We'll take a break. We'll be right back here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. He must be a big deal since he's verified on Twitter. He's Sean Kelly, and this is the Black and Blue Report. 
Hey, make sure you tune in to the Black and Blue Report tomorrow. We get another visit with uh, with one of our saints in the offseason. Uh, I haven't come up with a good title for that uh, uh, that recurring segment we're going to have going on here. That's not going to work, is it, Daniel? We need something better. The bottom line is this. At least once a week, we want to bring in uh, one of the saints into Studio B here uh, to talk about how their offseason is going and just get to know them a little more um, as people as much as we know about them as players. Uh, that continues tomorrow. Tim Hightower, um, very, very, very good conversation, always with Tim, and uh, the, he'll be on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. So I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, we'll talk some NBA basketball too. The Pelicans will be getting ready for a Friday night home game against the San Antonio Spurs. I really enjoyed Thursday's visits. Uh, Christian Garrick really brought some good stuff from, uh, from Mobile regarding the Senior Bowl. I did learn something uh, in that conversation. And I always learn something from Mark Stein from ESPN uh, as he continues uh, making his way around the NBA and uh, talking all things NBA with us, particularly all-star reserves on our show today. So thanks to Mark. He is a very busy man, and uh, we appreciate his time for sure. All-star reserves to be announced later tonight. The Alvin Gentry Show also tonight on the flagship station of the Pelicans Radio Network. That's 99.5 FM WRNO in the New Orleans Metro. Daniel Salerson is your host from 7 and until 8 p.m. More from Mark Stein tonight. I think Daniel's got a couple of other guests lined up. And uh, we'll visit with Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry here in the middle of this long homestand. Six games in all. It continues, as we mentioned, tomorrow night. All right, so special thanks again to Mark Stein and Christian Garrick. Special thanks to you as well. And we hope that you have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll see you right back here from Studio B tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.